be giving our, our God the best of who we are in the journey of our life. And, and I think it's just really important that we look at the journey of who we are, what we do, and, and we consider, are, am I running my best lap yet? I, I love this picture. I used to be a runner. I'm not really these days. Um, I just go and watch people run or watch people play football or try. Um, but am, are we running our best lap? And only you can answer that question for you in your journey of your life. Am I giving Jesus the best of who I am? And, and, and I, I decided to go on Google and, and ask Google a question this week. Um, and, um, you know, some of you, may, it, it, this may come as a bit of a shock and it's like, oh no. But anyway, I did. What is the average life expectancy in the UK? It is currently 81 years and 20 days. Those 20 days are really important because you never know what happens in those 20 days. 81 years and 20 days. And, and you know, for some of us in this, in, in this room, um, you are... You are halfway through. You know, anyone brave enough to say that you're halfway through and over? If you're living to 100. Let's go for 100, all right? You're living to 100. You're, you're just over that halfway stage, all right? I'm just over the halfway stage. There are some in the room or some who will be listening who, have, who, are, who are running extra laps. Your mum would be one of those. She's running extra laps. She's 82, 81, 20 days that's the life. Mum is running um, a few extra laps. Brilliant. Keep going, Mum. We want you to keep running to you, however, however old. Just keep on going. But there are some in the room who are, you, you're still in the early stages of the race. Every lap is important. And I think I explained this a couple of weeks ago. You know, when, you, when you're running 1,500 metres or 3,000 metres, um, you, you pace yourself. You don't drag your feet. That's, that's not pacing yourself. Pacing yourself is you know what's in the tank and you know how far you've got to go. So you go at a pace that you will be beating some, that you're staying with others, and you've got enough in the reserve to beat whatever's in front of you. That really is what running is all about. You run with enough to keep going and you run with a kick so you finish in a good position. And I'm looking around the room at a number of runners and, and, and there's smiles and looks and I, I think that's about right. Unless you, you're just so good, you just run from the front. Yeah. I, used to run from, I used to run from the front, so I'm just trying to go for the average. But are you, you, you can identify where you are, beginning of your race, your middle of your race, or your end of your race. I guess if you're at the end of your race by age, you're not able to give that kick to run home fast. But you can pray. You can be active in the house of God. You can come alongside others. You can walk and be an example. You know, the Bible's so clear that the gray head has wisdom. And, and to draw from those who have <laughs> got gray hair, you know, we need to draw from the wisdom of each other because you've done life, you've been through it, you, you've experienced this before. We cannot be a church that is full of youth, even though I'd like to see more youth. We can't be a church just full of youth. You know, they can dye their hair. That was a fashion, wasn't it, a few years ago? Dyeing your hair grey. You wait till you get grey, and you don't want to dye it. You want to go back to its original colour. But do you, do you know what? We need the grey-headed 
individuals in our congregation. Can you say amen? amen. Especially those who are gray. <laughs> amen. amen. We, need, we need you in the household of faith. Then we've got those who are in their middle age. And you're running, you're running your race. You may be running with a busyness of you, you, you've not retired yet. You're still working hard. You're perhaps bringing up a family and they're teenagers and whatever it is. But it's about running that race to the best if you can. You can. And then you've got your younger ones, your singles. I'll tell you what, if, if you're single or young and you're not running at full speed right now, why? I would love to still be running at full speed. I can't physically, naturally. But why aren't you running at full speed? Why aren't you giving God everything that's in you? Why aren't you giving... And I guess I could say that to the grey and the middle age as well. Why wouldn't we be giving Jesus the very best of who we are? Because actually he gave the very best of who he is. And over the last couple... Well, this last week I, I spoke about the crown. The crown that we will receive. Why wouldn't we run to obtain that crown? The Bible says it's those who run to win who will receive the winner's crown. And we are all running our race, the race that is set before us. And, and then there's a few other crowns. There are five crowns in the New Testament. And I don't know what obtaining a crown for you looks like. You, 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 may, you may think, well... Yeah, I'm not really into crowns. I'm not really into winning a race. I just want to get there. And that could be a mindset in many people's lives. As long as I get there, that's all that matters. Well, I'm going to show you a scripture according to Jesus that it's not just getting there that matters. It's the way you get there that matters. And I, I, I believe that there's going to be something that I say this morning. You're going to hear it, and it's going to impact you, and it's going to cause you to run. Are you ready? to start running again. Just looking around the room, there's a few nods. I may just come back to that thought in a minute. So there's a, there's a, these are a few of the crowns that we can win. There's the imperishable, imperishable crown. Then there's the crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, and the crown of life. Did anybody know that there were all those crowns that you can get? There are so many. You won't know which hat to put on first. So we're going to have a look at some of these this morning, because I believe that they are really important, and Jesus thinks so too. And if he thinks they're important, then we should place an importance on them. This is what it says about the crown of rejoicing in 1 Thessalonians. If you've got your Bible, feel free to turn over to 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to read it from, from this. I might read it from this translation, actually. No, I won't. It's a word. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 2.19 says, 2.19, First Thessalonians 2.19. Oh, yes. Here it is. <laughs> I thought I had the wrong Thessalonians. Okay, it says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you? In the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. What a great scripture that is. Paul understood the heartbeat of God. Paul understood what was important to Jesus. Paul got something and he said, this is what is important. And this should be important to you too. Paul, 
He knew the heartbeat of God is that none should perish and all come to a knowledge of the truth. Paul understood, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And what did Paul do? Mission trip after mission trip, sharing his faith, sharing and teaching with the church, establishing the church so that they could then impart and impact many more lives. It was about reaching the hearts and the lives of others. And there are so many churches today, up and down our country, before COVID and probably still now, who won't go beyond the four walls of their church. This is us and we feel comfortable. This is us and it feels nice. This is us and it's wonderful. And yet there's a dying world that's beyond our doors, that is in our world, in our community, on our streets. Are your neighbors, are your family, we've got to reach them. We've got to reach them. Why? Because there's a crown, number one, that's waiting for us in heaven. But we've got to reach them because it's the call of God in our life. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. We have a responsibility to share this good news with others. This this forgiveness that we've experienced so that others would encounter the love of God, that others would encounter that forgiveness of sin, that others would encounter the life of God in them that transforms our past and gives us a future. We've got to have that in our life. Every one of us have been given a measure of time. 56 laps I've done. I don't know what the end lap will be. I hope that my end lap will be maybe, I don't know, do I want to live to 100? Jane wants to live to 100, so I've got to go to 103. Do I really want to be hanging around here till I'm 103? When I look at the state of our world, I don't really want to do it. But if I am salt and light to this world, then this world needs me. And actually, this world needs you. And it needs us living our life so that they encounter truth. 56 laps I've done. I may have another 46, 44 to go. Let's get math right. I may have another 44 to go. Archie, how many have you got to go? Do you know? Okay, I'll, I won't ask you. <laughs> but we've, all, we, we've got laps. Are you running your best one? That's a good question, isn't it? Marie, are you running your best? Okay, so then what do we need to do? We need to get training again. We need to get focused again. We need to make him our all in all. Because am I running my best lap? Probably not. Are you running your best lap? Let's be honest, are we? Probably not. Are we, are we running this lap called reaching out to others the very best we can? Because we get a crown. We might get a, we might get a crown. But what does it look like? Consider the joy that when we're in heaven... And everybody else is in heaven with us and we're all raptured up there. And you're walking around heaven's streets. And you suddenly notice the person that you met when you were out walking and praying. And you shared the love of God with them. And they come running up to you and they they say, you were the first person. It took me 58 more people to tell me, but you were the first. You shared just a short sentence of thought with me 
I didn't really give it any thought at the time. But it was the beginning of a journey. You may be number 47 in the journey, and you go up and say, oh, I want you to come to church with me. Why don't you come? It doesn't matter whether you're number one or number 47. You doing your part is about you winning your crown. And we don't do it just to win a crown. Please don't get me, oh, I'm just, I'm just doing this to win another crown and get another crown. No, it's about running my race to the very best that I can. Not so that I achieve salvation, that's a gift of God to us. But just so I do my very best for him. Because I believe he's worthy of everyone's best in this room. Amy Carmichael put it this way. We have all eternity to celebrate the victories, but only a few hours before sunset to win them. And when I read that, I thought, yeah. We've got to be, there's got to be a heartbeat that, that thumps within us for the lives of those that don't yet know him. There's got to be a heart that says, I must reach them. Oh yes, we can celebrate the, the victories for eternity to come. But we only have a few hours before it takes place in comparison. What are we doing with our, our faith? What are we doing with the journey? What did Paul say? For what is our hope or our joy or our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ? You know, I look around the room and, and, and some of you have got saved through being a part of family church. You've connected with God through being part of family church. And it's my joy to see that God's touched your life and you're a part of this journey so that first moment that we ever met you on that blind date that you had with josh who would have ever known the journey that you're on at that point coming from buckland community center over in portsmouth a family that had never gone to church but all of a sudden you are part of that crown of rejoicing you're not just because you're married to josh but because josh didn't compromise your faith and shared his faith with you. And then you encountered us as a family and thought, what is this like? But you continued to endure. But you're one of the crown of rejoicing. You've seen, you've tasted and seen that God is good in the journey of your life. I love how Paul says it. Is it not even you in the presence of Jesus at his coming? Do you know what? I want, I want there to be a train of people that are following my life who have encountered and tasted and seen that Jesus is good. Not to obtain a crown, but because it's what pleases him. And because it pleases him, he said, I'll give you a crown. It's getting the right. I'm not seeking the crown. I'm not seeking the reward. I'm, not I'm seeking him. But because I seek him, those things come. Second thought is this, really, it's the, it's the crown of righteousness. In, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 8, it says this, Finally, this is Paul in the very last moments of his life, the very last moments as he's penning his, his, these things to Timothy before he is executed for his Christian faith. He says, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. Listen to what he says, and not only to me, 
but also to all who have loved his appearing. Everyone in this room who, who've, who've acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a crown of righteousness awaiting you. That moment that you walk through the pearly gates of heaven, and along comes Jesus and says, the crown of righteousness. And do you know what happens in heaven? All rejoicing begins, and the elders bow down, and they begin to cast their crown at his feet. Do you know what? If that's what's happening in heaven now, I want a crown. Because when I get to heaven, I want to be able to take the crown off my head and cast it at his feet and say, Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise unto your name. I don't want to get there thinking, can I borrow a crown? You got the crown of righteousness. I know I didn't live particularly righteous on the earth, but can I borrow your crown? I didn't win many souls, but can I borrow your crown? I don't want to be doing that. I want to, I want to walk there worthy of the crown that's placed on my head. And I want to encourage you as a church and as, a, as our family to, to consider these. I have never in my life considered crowns until we went to the men's advance. And those that were in men's advance, you would have heard Pastor Randy speak a message on crowns that just impacted my heart. And I believe it impacted many guys in that room. And I believe that's where this has come from, from the, from, from the teaching of the, the beginning of this year. See, the crown of righteousness isn't something that you earn. Please don't get into the mistake of trying to earn your salvation. Or work at your salvation. Or be good enough for your salvation. Or to give enough for yourself. You cannot obtain salvation any other way except through Jesus Christ and him alone. And the finished work of the cross. He took my sin in every area. He who knew no sin became my sin. He became your sin, Marius. He became your sin, Lola. He became your sin, Roy. He became your sin, Tim. He became your sin. And in exchange, he said, and you have my righteousness. That's a divine exchange that we could never receive. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the gift, have you ever earned a gift? But the gift of God is eternal life. You can't earn a gift. You may earn a pat on the back, but you cannot earn a gift because a gift is a gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. By grace, you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, not of anything that we can do, but it is the gift of God. And he says, when I now look at you, I don't see you as a sinner. I see you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's the miracle of salvation. We look at our lives perhaps sometimes and we see our mistakes. We see what we do wrong. He looks at us and says, you're worthy of the crown of righteousness. You have the robe of righteousness because that's the divine exchange. Now he says, I'm going to crown you with a crown. Of righteousness. Does that mean like it says in Romans, should I sin that grace may abound? Just like Paul said, God forbid, 
Why would you want to do that? Because you have righteousness, because it's imputed to you, because it's been laid to your account, why would you want to live that way any longer? Let's live and live for him alone and give him our best in the race of our life. So Paul talks about this gift of righteousness. Why am I sharing about these things? I believe that the church, to some degree, has never really understood what heaven's rewards are. We think, well, as long as I get there, great. Even if I get there by the skin of my teeth, because I've not really done much, then great. In many senses, yes, heaven, heaven for all eternity, that can't be bad, can it? In the presence of God, that can't be bad. I'm not looking for ruling cities. I'm not looking. I just want to do my best for Jesus. Doing our best for Jesus in however and whatever that looks. But I believe that, that there's a different, a different view on this according to the Word of God. Book of Revelation, and this is Jesus speaking. So we're talking about end times. We're talking about the last days. We're talking about the days in which we are potentially now living. In fact, we've been living in the last days ever since Paul wrote. He says, now is the time. Now is the time. It is now high time to awake from our sleep, to awake from our slumber. It is now time, church, that we were aware we are closer to his return than we have been at any time in history. The reason is every day is another day closer. We are closer now than ever before. I'm not going to turn around to you and say it's next month, next year, or in 10 years' time. It could be before, after I've gone. But if it's after I've gone, I would hate to think what this world looks like. Because it can't, in my opinion, it's, it, how can it get much worse than what it is now? For those that are older than me and you look back, you think, you, you, you must look at this world and think, how could it have ever got to this state? Ask a few grey hairs after the meeting. What was like, life like, depending on how old you were, I'm 56, I could go up to a few people in this room and say, what was life like when you were, when I, before I was born? What was life? It was different. It was so different. And do you know what? As younger people, you will grow up and your children will grow up and you'll have grandchildren and they will say, what was life like? Because it, it couldn't be, it can't be much. How, how much worse can it get? Listen to this. This is Jesus speaking in the book of Revelation. He said this in, in, in Revelation 3.11. Behold, I'm coming quickly. <laughs> so behold, take note, be aware, look up. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. I, I've, I don't know how many times I've read the book of Revelation and, and I've gone through the Bible, but I've, it's never jumped out of me like it has done this week. Let no one take your crown. Let no one. Harry, let no one take your crown. Not your flap cat, but your crown. Let no one take your crown. Let no circumstance take your crown. Now, this isn't talking about the crown that you will get in eternity. In the, 
No, you will still go to eternity. But the crowns that we could have won, it looks to me that we could lose them. If, I'm going to read it from another translation, I don't often read from the message translation, but it says this, I'm on my way. (laughs) Come on, Jesus, I'm on my way, he says. I'm on my way, I'll soon be there, or I'll be there soon. Keep a tight, tight grip on what you have, so no one distracts you and steals your crown. So what are we saying here? Distractions. Distractions have the ability to steal your crown. Distractions, circumstances, personal issues, the world around us. If, if this is what Jesus is saying, look, come on, don't let anyone steal your crown. Now, if it was me saying this, I, I, you, know, you could be thinking, okay, so he wants us to work in church, he wants us to do some outreach, he wants us... No, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, look, take a, take a tight grip, because there are things, circumstances, and the devil that wants to steal that crown. So hold tight. Hold tight and keep running. Hold tight and keep going. Hold tight and hold on. Have you ever been on a roller coaster? Anyone done that roller coaster? If you like them, you sit back and go, whoa! If, if you don't like them, you hold tight. White knuckle rides, they're called, aren't they? Whoa! Hold tight the crown. White knuckle the crown so that it's not stolen in the journey of your life. See, relationships can... Can, can have a negative, rela- a re- negative relationship can steal the crown because you get distracted with the relationship rather than focusing on the one who can bring you together. Focusing on our employment, our career, our, our possessions can begin to steal the peace that we should have in our heart because it's all about reaching the next level and reaching the next run in the ladder and reaching that certain figure, number, job that you're pursuing. But actually what we should be saying is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the things that you would pursue would be added to you. But it comes by seeking him, not seeking things. It's seeking his face and his presence, not his hand, of what you can get from him. It's about seeking him with all of our heart so that our, our, our passion is for him. Because if your passion is for him, our passion will be in his house. Because we are the bride of Christ. When we get who we are, we will be so on fire because we're the bride and he's the groom. Remember that moment, maybe some of you do, some of you may not. That moment when, when as the bride, you are preparing yourself, you're getting yourself ready, or it's the build-up to the wedding day, and you're preparing for, you're planning the wedding, you're planning the event, you're planning and planning and planning. Well, that's what we're doing here on earth. We're getting the church ready, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ ready, with as many people that we can you know, as Reinhard Bonnke once said it, populate in heaven by, by destroying the works of hell. We've got to do something that causes others to know him as well. 
And I tell you, the thing that we can do is prepare the bride, the house of God. One of the ways we can do that, yeah, through teaching of the word, through the worship of, of, of each other. When we come, not worship of each other, as we worship together, the presence of God in the room and just giving him our all, absolutely. But don't wait for a Sunday to get into the presence of God. Don't get, wait for a Sunday to open up the word. This is lifestyle Christianity. If ever we get to the stage where we, it's only about what we do on a Sunday, we need to repent. This is lifestyle. Christianity, where every day he is first in our life. I just want to finish with the last one here. It's called the crown of life. And the crown of life is for all believers who faithfully walk before God, keeping his word and walking in obedience to him. It's another crown that we should all get when we get there. And you shouldn't be saying, can I borrow yours because I walked in disobedience and I didn't keep his word. No, we should all get this crown if we walk according to his word and in obedience. In James, it says this, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man or woman. Blessed are you who endure temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That goes across the board, this one. You know, this is, this is yours. The Lord has promised this to you. Isn't that great? The Lord has promised this crown. And it's given to those who oversee the crown of life. And I don't know about your life. It, life doesn't always seem to go that smoothly. Anybody ever encountered a life that, you know, you think, oh, it's I'm going through a calm right now. You, you, you almost think, okay, I know the storm's about to arrive. There's going to be... But when suddenly, like two weeks ago, you had three storms in three days, it becomes a somewhat unexpected. Or all of a sudden, it's this perfect storm where all these, these different avenues, it's work, it's health, it's family, and they all seem to hit at once. You know, it's a perfect storm. But you know what? We can go through life having overcome temptation, having overcome pressure, having overcome the obstacles that come our way, and we, are, we remain faithful. We remain true to the Word of God. We remain true that no, no weapon fashioned against me is going to prosper. That no, no matter what, I, I, you will find me in the household of faith. I will be planted in the household of God because that's where I know I will grow and I will flourish in the kingdom of God. Those who are planted in the house will flourish. Those who are established in the house of God. In many ways, the run in the race, the spiritual running of our race, where we obtain the prize or the crown, is so similar to that where we're running a race in life. You know, I, I, I looked at Sam's ankles where he's been beasted and having to run tabs and with great big rucksacks on his back. He's in the army and, and, he's, and he's doing all this stuff. And, and this blister, it was the size of his heel. It was, it was that big. He showed us his friend's blister and it nearly made me sick. It was grim. And, and sometimes when you run, 
You, especially if you've got a new pair of shoes and your feet begin to rub and you, you think, oh, I wish I'd put my old faithfuls on. Um, and, and, but you, by the end of the run, you think, oh, that's a bit sore and that's a bit sore. That's what running this race can feel like at times because things come against us. Or, you know, that stitch that just... You, I could run a stitch off, but it just, it's just hanging on. It's just like, I'm just going to go through this pain, this stitch that just won't go. I think, was it during the, ten, uh, the South Run, Sam had a stitch and it just wouldn't go? Just couldn't get rid of the stitch. And it's like, no matter what he did, I don't know if you slowed down to help him out or what, but he just, yeah. <laughs> he just couldn't get rid of this stitch. Do you know what? We go through stuff in life and it's like a stitch. It just won't give in. It won't go away. It just seems to linger and linger. And then people and distractions in life. You know, when you're running a race and you've got, you know, 3,000 people in front of you, you've got another 2,000 people behind you, and they're all going in the same direction. You want to run fast, but you're dodging all these people who are in your way. You've done it, Phil? These days, you're one of those who get in the way. <laughs> but we, we, we run, and there's things, there's circumstances, and there's pressure. But the same thing happens in the spiritual but you know what? If you're a runner, you don't let a blister stop you running. You don't let a stitch stop you in your tracks. You don't let the person that's in front of you stop you. You run around them and you get over them. That is exactly how it should be in our Christian race. Don't let the works of the enemy, circumstances of life, Things and pressure that comes against you stop you. Get on your running shoes and run your best lap. For me, 56, this year I want to run my best lap for Jesus. I don't know quite what that will look like, but I'm going to give him my very, very best. For you, Indy, 12, 12, you can run like the wind. Spiritually, not, not necessarily naturally. I've seen what you're like playing table tennis. But you can give God your best. And if mum was here, I'd say to mum, she's the oldest and she wouldn't mind me saying, I'm not going to pick on any other person in the room. Mum, 82. Run your best run. Run your best lap. Give God the best that you've got. Why? It could be your last. It could be your last. Wouldn't it be good that the last lap that you ever run was the very best race and the very best lap that you ever gave him? I want each year to be successively better so that I continue, so that we continue. And do you know what? At some point, I'm going I'm to run around and I'm going to pass my baton on to the next one who runs. I don't want them running at my pace. I want them running better than I ever ran. And generationally as a church, we have to hand the baton on to a generation that runs faster and stronger and better and closer to God than we have ever run in our life. But you know what? It takes the grey-headed of us or the no-hairs of us to be able to pass on to the next generation. Kerwin at the front. There we go. It takes us to pass on the baton to the next generation. And do you know what? As a church, 
if we keep seeing successive generations come through our door, as we keep reaching to successive generations to come in to the household of faith, we will always have a church on this premises and beyond. The church will die the moment we close the door and say we're enjoying what we've got. We are not going to do that in this house. How do I finish this? Are we running our best lap for Jesus? Questions, three of them. Are we running our best lap? You can answer this. Are we being watchful so that no one can steal our crown of life? And are we reaching the souls of others to obtain the crown of rejoicing? Three great questions. Because if if we're running with the crown of rejoicing, we won't have enough room in this building. And actually, we won't have enough room in the next building because then we will continue to plant out what God is doing in our heart. Today, you may be hearing you think, oh, this is all about running. I don't hate running. You know what I'm talking about. It's the spiritual journey of our life. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want you to encounter the love of God. That he ran his life. Jesus ran his life. He ran his for 33 years. He ran his full of purpose. His desire and purpose was to do the will of his father. The will of the father was that that he would deal with sin issue, the issue that separated us from God. Jesus did that when he died upon the cross for you and I. He did that when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then Jesus said, all who call upon me will be saved. This morning, you may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but he ran his race for you. The Bible, in fact, says you were the joy that was set before him as he endured the cross. You are his joy. So this morning, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you, along with everybody else in the room, to pray this prayer. Because today you praying this prayer would enable you to get on the running track with Jesus and to begin this journey with him. So let me pray with you this morning and let everybody in the room pray it nice and loud as we pray together. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. You died in my place. You took my sin, my mistakes, and all of my failures and you nailed them to the cross and because of that Jesus I can have you as my Lord and Savior today I receive you in my heart and I acknowledge you in my life in Jesus name I pray amen while every head is bowed and every eye closed Right across this room, you have an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may have prayed that prayer, and you may have prayed that prayer sincerely in your heart. And I'm speaking to you right now. If you have, then I'm going to encourage you to do one last thing, and that is respond by putting up your hand. I'm going to count to three. And once I hit three, just pop up your hand, pop it back down. I'm not going to call you out the front, not going to embarrass anybody. We just want to acknowledge that step of faith in your life today. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer this morning, pop up your hand. 
If you prayed that prayer and you want to start that journey with Jesus, is there anybody in this room you say, yeah, count me in. Count me in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My next prayer is this. Father, Lord, may we obtain the crown of rejoicing. Lord, I pray that in this room, there will be soul winners. Lord, that each one of us would take that responsibility. And Lord, go into our world and go into our communities and go into our neighborhoods. And Lord, I pray that the soul winner's crown will be the crown that each one of us pursues. That we would bring others into the household of faith. And Lord, that we would obtain that crown of rejoicing. In Jesus' name.